Welcome back, everyone, to Brown Bag Bets, powered by Betsperts. We are your daily dose of quick hit handicapping and sports betting picks. I'm Alex Christensen, and joining me, as always, pointing out that wonderful sponsor he's got up there on that nice uh, big screen TV on the wall. Must have been a pain to hang on that up. But what do you, was it, Andy? No, I uh, I had a stud finder. Not too bad. If you don't have to use anchors, things are a lot easier. You just anchor anchor it right into the wood. Things always always build around that. Start with that. But yes, uh, it is a lovely Tuesday. We're getting closer to another golf tournament, even though it's a laughable one. Um, the Suns were a little scary last night, but whatever. I'm got done. it done. Got it done. Took the points. Outright. Didn't need them. Outright. Yes, the it's always nice. Right, you know? Always nice to get the not have to sweat like a dumb late bucket where. Uh, especially winning by one where the dumb late bucket would have just lost the game and won it. So it would have been fine. Um, tennis got weird. Like one of those matches you bet has not even started yet because of how the, far uh, they push the stuff back. So yeah, Pharaoh and Marduk, that doesn't start for like another 20 minutes or so. Just going to so, say, it looks like it's going to start while we're on the two underdogs. Um, Abina wasn't terribly close. Kozlova was frisky but wasn't able to close out the tiebreaker there in the second or get back, come back in the first. Either way, I think we did a little better in the closing number. That's always a good thing. It is. Once you get uh, once you get a little closing line value, at least you can feel good about something when it loses. But, yeah, the NBA winner, um, I didn't really bet anything yesterday. I've just been adding draft props here and there, little bits here and there. We're going to get more into that. We did some more talking uh, about the draft props on the deep dive. We'll do more of that as we go through the week. I'll probably add some Thursday as we get about a week out. And um, over five, 4.5 wide receivers at a local book is at a free roll. It's as close to a free roll as you can imagine. That's why it's juiced where it is. When it opened um, at some of the places later on at higher limits at minus 250, that was probably still a good price. Fair price is probably minus three, minus 400. But even that only implies like, you know, 80 80 percent chance so it is it is not a free roll free roll but christ there's so many if you just start breaking it down without doing a real mock and just looking at teams who are wide receiver needy and even after the top three go it does feel like there's five or six wide receivers that go so i think four and a half wide receivers is a good look especially if you can find a little cheaper price um, and then Matt Patrick says it's easier to narrow down the draft props to the ones I haven't bet yet at this point. Yeah, I, I know a few guys were going just ham on this. Um, one quick announcement before we get into too much sports we're hiring. Talked about it again last night on the deep dive. Help wanted. Um, I did retweet it yesterday. You can find it on the Betsperts account. Drew retweeted it. There's a bunch of places to find it. I believe the job is posted on Indeed, as well as maybe some other job sites. We are looking for maybe investors. Maybe you. Not investors. That's from a movie. But hiring, maybe you or someone you know. We are looking for someone with uh, some technical expertise, looking to do some producing, some technical stuff, some editing, and some social media work. So if you know of anybody, send them our way. We are hiring, and we will be conducting interviews very shortly. This is a position we want to fill immediately. So if you do know anyone, send them my way, or if it is you, reach out and we'll get you set up with some information. So uh, with that, let's bet. 
Enough of that. Might as well. let's, get, let's get into gambling. Uh, what do you think? You, how are you following? Uh, this is a line. I know what you're betting already. Like I'm like, oh, what are you betting, Alex? I'm like <laughs> I'm the one who made the graphics. I fucking know what you're betting. But I'm gonna say I'm gonna pretend. We'll we'll cut that part when I make a clip later. What are you betting, Alex? And then it's the Clippers. And That's right. I want to. I want you to talk about this line because. We did reverse line movement last night and talked about it on deep dive. I don't think that's this, but why do you think this is moving the way it is? I am very confused. I've done some poking around. I wonder if um, you know maybe there's going to be somebody late on the injury report, a rest spot for the Clippers here, something like that. Um, to fill in a little bit of context here, this opened at eight 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 and a half last night. Um, overnight it was minus eight. This morning it was eight and a half. I was happy to play an eight I found. I think I even posted an eight and a half on Betsperts, which was available. And then a few hours later, Pinnacle opened minus seven. Again, everybody was eight, eight and a half. Pinnacle opened seven, and everybody now has moved down more or less to that number. There's still some seven and a halves and things like that. So Again, I wonder if this is some speculation around maybe the Clippers resting someone for the Blazers. We know that Dame Lillard is out tonight, so the Clippers should be in great shape. We know that this is on the road, but no problems from a rest perspective. Again, and I, you know, outside of maybe the Clippers looking at the Blazers and going, "All right, Dame Lillard's out. Maybe we'll give PG thirteen or somebody a rest." But uh, you know, Kawhi is just back from an injury, so I think they'll actually want him playing a little bit. I'm sorry, just back from a rest spot. So I assume he'll play. Maybe Paul George is out here. Either way, happy to lay the seven, happy to lay the eight. I don't see anything anywhere, and I'm just going to keep my fingers crossed and hope that that stays kind of the same way. If Kawhi Leonard's out, don't play back this. But if somebody like Paul George is out, I'm, I'm still fine taking this. I mean, the Clippers should have plenty of talent. Um, the Portland Trailblazers of that team, Lillard, are going to be very limited and what they can do from an offensive perspective. So I think the Clippers will be able to cover a big number, you know, as long as Kawhi's playing and all signs point to that. I'm Bowdy. I've been riding some NBA, especially since I haven't been betting a lot of other stuff. So something to do tonight. Uh, Vegas refund again, says draft talk. We'll get there. Um, how about Mac Jones at three? What do you think of that there? I think that would be catastrophic for your bankroll and all <laughs> of uh, everyone involved. So it's hopefully the the access point pick. It seems like that's building up to be what's going to determine everybody's nights, not only just from the way the rest of the draft is going to go, but your guys' attitude. Because it seems like um, you and the team have piled up on a lot of uh, non-Mac Jones and three stuff. Yeah, and it's weird. We kept talking about like, oh, the four pick. The four pick is the fulcrum. It's the you know the axis of this draft. But now, now the fact that there is you know some uncertainty at the three, and if, if the three turns out to be Fields, if it turns out to be Lance, that's fine too. Anyone but Mac. Never Mac, uh, uh, Vontae Mac, no matter what. What is it? Not Mac, no matter what. That's what I want. I want yeah. him going 15th to the Patriots. I want him going deeper in the draft. So we'll get to, I'll have to update my sheets and for everything I've bet on because there are so many of these props coming out. But uh, what I've been concentrating on today and what I will be concentrating on more tonight as I do untitled golf stream, it'll be a shorter one because – Again, I want to I want to play the course. I probably might do just nine holes. I want to introduce the co-host. I want to go into a few things about this tournament, but I don't want to do a long ass show because there's just not a market out there. There are there are matchups I found for the uh, for this team event. There's top fives, top tens, just like every week. The matchup menu is small. I want to say one or two books had like 15, 20 matchups up. So not the normal 75 to 80 that you can look at, but I did spend some time and I was saying this to Alex off air. I spent a few minutes, like 
all right, if I had to rank these golfers just individually, how would I do it? So I ranked them and I said, well, let's put them as teams and start weighting some things like, all right, did, you know, just give me an average of how I rank these guys so I can rank these teams and then start looking at some of the teams I ranked highly that I didn't think should be highly, maybe according to their price. Be like, are these guys complementary of each other? Are they the same golfer? Is there some things I can, you know, take away from this? I don't know how, I don't know really if I got anywhere on any of this. Like, it's still just team event. Well, and again, I'll talk deeper about how, the, how it's going to work tonight, but it is best ball two days, and then it's alternating shot two days. Now, when you play best ball with two professional golfers, you should shoot 10 under. If you don't shoot 10 under, you've done fucked up. Like a lot of times these they'll do better than that. I think the record is 12 or 13 under at this course for a round when you're playing best ball. Any of you guys who've golfed and done like, you know, tournaments with your buddies and you play best ball, you realize like, oh, we're pretty good when we can just always take the best shot. And it's only two men, but best ball is not the, it's not what you're handicapping. Like everybody should play well at best ball. If they don't, I mean, they're just dead from the get-go if they're going to have a bad day. So you're trying to figure out alternating shot, which is so tricky because, you know, you end up, if you end up with an even number of shots, then the the same guy tees off in the next hole. So any time you're birdieing a three or a five, I think it's going to be the next guy teeing off because it's just whoever sinks it, you know, the next guy doing it. Yeah, that's how they go. It's true alternate shots. So as someone that's caddied a lot and watched a lot of these team events, it is interesting that they're doing it that way because you're right. When you're looking at the best ball, you kind of talk about the idea of looking for complementary players, and that is kind of what you want. But when you get to alternate shot, that's a disaster, having somebody that you know might spray the ball and then somebody you can't recover being able to hit it long enough. When you get to alternate shot, you almost want guys that are similar. So I think that's maybe something that I would think about and just offer as kind of like a qualitative thought as you get to those alternate shot matchups as you – um, look for golfers that I think that are closer together, that are more comparable, you know, more even with each other, because it's just more comfortable with them. They'll be playing from similar positions versus when you get to the best ball. I think you're right, trying to have some some golfers that maybe complement each other and what they're good and bad at. Certain holes they might be good and bad at is is a little better mix. Yeah, I went back and forth on that, and to, I do take in a lot of media too, and I, I read other people's golf stuff, see what their thoughts are, so I can start forming my opinions. And um, I, I love Pat Mayo, and I love a lot of what he does. A, a lot of it is DFS, but I do have to. He said something in one of his articles. I kind of have to push back on where he said, you know, you you want similar golfers because if one guy's a bomber and the other guy isn't used to hitting the ball that far, he's not going to be used to that that second shot, like that second shot is going to be closer. I'm like, well, that doesn't make a lick of sense to me really, because it's, you're saying, Oh, he he's used to hitting this T shot or this second shot from 150 yards. And now he's hitting it from 180 because the other guy doesn't hit his ball as far. Well, it's not like he's never hit 180 yard second shot on some other hole at some other course. Like these men are professional; they're capable of hitting all different types of tee sh- or second shot approach shots. So it, it's tough to say like, oh, you know, the, he's going to be hitting longer approach shots than normal. Well, I mean, that's going to happen on a longer course. If you know, these guys will play a longer course and they're going to hit longer approach shots that day. So I don't think that's big of an issue. I am looking, I guess what I landed on was looking for guys who don't have just massive floors, like way low, like 
I'm looking for guys who I had ranked highly, who I don't think have high variance to go together. And it got weird. This is where it got weird. I'm going to show you where I landed on Bubba Watson, Scotty Scheffler. They're just good golfers. Like they're, they're, they're one of the favorites. Like I think they're fifth favorite or something. The best number I found was 16, a lot of 14s out there. I'm going to, I'm going to bet this one and not feel too bad about it. They have a ch- chance to compete. We love Scotty Scheffler. He's a guy who can absolutely go low. I think he's really suited for team play because we've seen him. I don't know. I, I don't want to say like a, a golfer who can get hot. You only have to get hot with half of your shots. So I like him in this matchup too. And then just uh, Gim and Naismith are guys I've backed over the last few weeks. This is not the same course as last week, but it's similar. It's another Pete Dye track. It's not too dissimilar. It's going to be similar greens. And I really think um, Seifert as well. Seifert's a guy I backed in matchups. So Naismith and Seifert are at 100 to 1. I thought was ridiculous. I thought that should be closer to 50. And then Gim and Sue as well. That's something that's 40 to 1 at certain places. I found 60s. I found a 70. So I do like a couple of longer shots here. Just some guys I think that have been playing well. Again, I used a lot of similar stats as I did last week. A lot of finding the fairways, finding the greens, just real bread and butter stuff. I think you get too cute with some of these stats and you're going to just overfit a model. As you know, I think Alex is underfitting on three-point shooting right now and some of the stuff I've had problems with. But if you overfit some stuff, you're going to run into problems like proximity is I think it's starting to get a little silly with some people because you can say, oh, I was within 20 feet of the hole. Well, sometimes there's water 20 feet within the hole. Like, is that really good proximity to land there or in a bunker? So I think uh, the stuff I'm sticking with right now, I like quite a bit. And yeah, I'm going to play these. If I play any matchups, I'll feel terrible because I think that's even more degenerate trying to handicap four <laughs> golfers at the same time against each other. But um I think I might do matchups on the best ball days where I truly think like these, these two guys can go low. These guys can crush a course, go 11 under today. And just, you know, looking for guys who can score based on how they match up together. So I'm actually going to run a whole different model for the matchups to try to figure out basically who I think can really, really go low in the best ball stuff. And I will do some, I'll probably do some matchups if they give me daily stuff. Yeah. That's, I like what you're thinking there. And I guess to circle back, what I will say is it's not necessarily about hitting shorter and longer shots. It's just being in different positions. As you watch golf, a lot of these yeah. golfers are used to, all right, I'm going to hit the ball here and then I can go over there. It's going to be, when the next time they come around, if they're playing with someone that, you know, again, has a different game, either hits it much longer or much shorter than them, it's not even just the distance and the ver- and the shot. It's, all right, now I'm in this different place, and I have to think about this differently. I'm not used to being here on this course. And it's all little things, but um, I think that's sort of why you like an alternate shot. Again, two guys that are maybe a little more similar. Yeah, I'm and I'm fine with that. And, you know, there's going to be – I wonder how many – maybe it won't make a difference. I wonder how many lefties will play with righties. You know, you're going to end up with some weird fades from these left-handed uh, tee shots. That's interesting. Of, you're right. Of it being one of them. But I imagine they talk a little. You know, it's almost like having an extra caddy where you're saying – You definitely oh, – there's hey, definitely this, planning. This is where we, we want to go. You'll see guys that normally hit driver that might hit three wood to set up their buddies and stuff like that. So it's it's all part of it. That's for sure. 
Well, that's the thing too with best ball. Um, and you know, we talked about best ball is just two guys crushing it. If you know, if the if the first guy is a longer hitter, you let him just rip one. And if it turns out it's right down the gut, three you know, three forty down the fairway, then you, you can uh, you can try to rip one too. Or you know, there's a lot of strategy with best ball as far as if the first one's not good, you end up with a safe shot. So it'll be it'll be tricky, but we'll get there and. Uh, uh, more yeah, more tennis or more golf stuff as we go through the week, and obviously tonight eight Eastern short stream, introducing new co-host and getting into TPC, Louisiana. Let's uh, let's bet some tennis. We might as well. You're you're, you're backlogged on tennis. We still it's, have bets from yesterday, but we're gonna we're gonna continue into Istanbul today. Let me just double check. I think you have. If, if you missed the Pharaoh Martich over stack. The price on the total is pretty much gone. That's 21 and a half just about everywhere. But if you can find over three and a half, three, I'm sorry, over two and a half sets and you missed that yesterday, you still have about, I think, 30, 40 minutes to put that in. Istanbul, these matches should be starting tomorrow. Um, these lines have just opened up and they're moving a little bit. I think you can actually get a better number than I got on Potapova here. Um, I like her minus 120. She's playing Serona Kirstea, you know, a, a player. Very solid. Somebody I like to bet a lot on hard courts, but generally doesn't play as well on clay. Uh, Potapova, you know, much better numbers. And, you know, the concern here, and I think the reason this is um, maybe more closely, maybe more closely priced than I would make it is Potapova is someone that, that plays with a high level of variance. And whereas Kirstea is maybe a little more steady. So I wonder if some people value that. You know, Potapova is also coming off a closer match. You know, Kirstea won her first match 2 0 pretty comfortably. Potapova played a match where they had a first set tiebreaker. I think they took a break for rain or something, came back, played another second set tiebreaker, took a break for rain. It came back this morning and she closed out that third set. So, um, you know, maybe a little clunky from a fatigue standpoint. But again, I'm just, you know, trying to play devil's advocate here. I have her closer to minus 140, almost minus 145. So again, happy to play her at this number or anything better like her in this matchup. And I'm happy to take her chances against Kirstea. Then we've got another one, Andy, and this is a stack, but it's not a total stack. And I think you're trying to say something. I am. I am very much muted. I was trying to type. <laughs> so. Where are you betting this? Uh, where are you betting this uh, prop? Um, this prop you can find. This will start to open up slowly. I think I got this at Bovada. Um, I can't remember Fanduel or DraftKings had it open either from a regulation standpoint. But you can find this. So what we're doing here is we're going to bet Kiki Ledenovich to win the match at minus 110. And then you can also bet what's called an exact score prop, a correct score prop. Um, what you should scroll down and be able to see is Ledenovich 2-0, Ledenovich 2-1, and then she's playing Siniakova. So it'll be Siniakova 2-0, Siniakova 2-1. And what we're betting on here is Ledenovich basically to win the match in three sets. Whether she win the first and the third or the second and the third, she wins the match in three. Um, I think this is a better angle than attacking the over two and a half sets price. The total's very high. It's an expensive 21 and a half. The over two and a half sets line looked pretty good to me. And it makes sense. As you look at these two players, they play a ton of three set matches. Siniakova over two and a half sets is one of my favorite bets, but the market has sort of caught up to that. But these prices still seem to lag. They still seem to be pricing these kind of correlated to the money lines and the spreads as opposed to you know adjusting 
the same way they have for the set price. So plus 380, I grabbed this a little bit early, you know, just kind of so, so I had a number. My guess is um, when it starts up at other places, you might get four to one or better, but two to one at plus 350 or better looks like a good bet to me. Playing, you know, a full unit on the minus 110 and just a quarter unit on the plus 380. So just a little sprinkle there because, you know, as I look at this, I think there's a, a great chance that this goes over, but don't like the overprice. I think this is a nice way to get some value um, on what should be a long match. Stuttgart, my home. Net Contivate. Again, this is a line that just opened. Um, minus 110. I would play this at, at minus 120 or better. She's playing the American, Sophia Kennan. Um, Kennan had a buy. She has yet to play on these courts. She's hasn't played on clay um, since last year. Has struggled all year. Has just really not been able to put it together and make um, long runs of tournaments since winning um, or first grand slam. It happens. There's a little bit of hangover with some of these players and, and we're still seeing it here. Contivate played her first match, looked very well. I believe it was six, two, six, four, something like that. So very comfortable here has all the tools you'd want from somebody on clay, a strong serve will be indoors here, which will help a lot of power to hit through the clay and has the intelligence and the movement to be able to keep up with the other players. So having to take Contivate here, like I said, at minus minus one twenty or better, I'm seeing minus minus one ten against Sophia Kennan in her first clay match. Um, in a year where she struggled so far. All right. Getting clay on all ends. Sounded like you were describing a two-man scramble. You were yeah. for a little bit. I kind of was. You were. So it's, to be clear, by the way, everybody, for better ball, everybody plays golf, and it's just yeah. the best score for two guys. So if somebody makes a birdie and somebody makes a par, you take the birdie. If somebody makes a bogey and somebody makes a double bogey, you take the bogey. Yeah. There's a lot of different ways to uh, play this game. I like best ball. Like when I'm playing a tournament, I like best ball because, um, you know, a lot of times one of my tee shots ends up in a goddamn lake or something. And, so you're talking and about I a scramble. Don't have to, or I don't even have sometimes to they have a that. shamble where you just do it for the drive and then everybody plays. And that's what I like. Take the best drive. Everybody puts a ball down and plays in from there. Yeah. So they will do, they will be doing four ball, which is best ball. And then they will be doing alternate shot. So those are the two the two ways they will play this tournament. And they do make it so you play alternate shot on Sunday because otherwise, like, it, it kind of takes the starch out of a Sunday if you're playing four ball. Like, best, best ball on a Sunday isn't cool. It's hard to catch up when everybody's just birdieing two out of three. And alternate shot's a lot quicker. No, that does. That's true. There's fewer shots. So let's, uh, yeah, and there is a cut. I'll get into all this tonight. There is a cut line. A bunch of teams will be eliminated. So we will, it's it's a weird one. I'm excited for it just because it's golf and I like to bet on it. And uh, with that, we'll close the day reminding you to support the sponsor, WinBet, where you can get a $500 risk-free bet when you sign up for WinBet in Michigan, Colorado, and New Jersey, and more states to come. Thanks. Check out the links in the pinned tweet. And we'll catch you tomorrow, Wednesday. And we'll be back. Update. Update.